Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Leader in the Clubhouse. I'm your host, Jackson Sven, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. I know it's been a couple weeks since our last episode, but we are really excited to be back and break down the latest news in the golfing world. We do have a lot to catch up on, and we'll probably have to do that over time. We don't want to inundate you with everything all at once, but we've missed some important stuff, and we plan to at least touch on it all. But before we do that, I want to tell you about a really great opportunity for you to upgrade your old gear with our great deal from our friends at GlobalGolf.com. That's right, our friends over at Global Golf have provided our listeners with another great way to save on their huge selection of used golf clubs. For the month of July, our listeners can save an additional 8% on used golf club purchases when you use our promo code LCClubhouse at checkout. They have an amazing selection. You can grab the driver that I'm currently gaming, the TaylorMade Aero Burner, for a great deal. Save an additional 8% on that purchase. Perhaps you're looking for a hybrid to replace those hard-to-hit long irons, or maybe you're looking for a new putter that'll save you strokes on the green. Just head on over to globalgolf.com, use our promo code LCClubhouse at checkout, and save an additional 8% on your purchase of used golf clubs at globalgolf.com. Remember, not only will you save big on all your purchase of used golf clubs, but you'll be supporting our show when you make a purchase with our promo code. That's LC Clubhouse. So go check out our friends over at globalgolf.com and say hello to a goodbye. Now, before we bring on our special guest for the day, I do have some good news to announce. A few weeks ago, I told you that I had some big news to announce to our loyal LITC listeners. And today I'm going to fill you in on what that news is. So if you've been listening to our show with any regularity, you know that the LITC show and the team has been based in the heart of North Carolina in the Queen City of Charlotte. Well, as of last week, I can officially say that I am now a Sand Hills resident. As of this most recent Friday, I have started working for the Carolinas Golf Association in Southern Pines, North Carolina. I will be the Director of Communications and Marketing, and I am extremely excited about what that means for me, what that means for my family, and of course, what that means for this show right here. What does that mean for the leader in the clubhouse? Uh, Will it go away? Will it stay? Well, the answer is likely it's going to stay. If anything, that means that we'll have some new and exciting guests on the show. What that means is we'll be getting some of the greatest golf minds and influencers, not only in North Carolina, but all over to come be guests on our show. And if you know anything about the Sandhills of North Carolina, you know that some of the country's and really some of the world's best golf courses are right here in this small little rural region of North Carolina. If you step outside of our offices here at the Carolina Golf Association, you'll be on the grounds of Pine Needles Lodge and Golf Club. It's a three-time host of the U.S. Women's Open and soon to be a four-time host uh, in 2022. Five minutes down the road is the prestigious Pinehurst Resort, which no doubt you've all heard of due to its hosting several high-profile tournaments, including a few U.S. Opens at Pinehurst Number 2. The list of great golf courses, great tournaments, and great champions goes on and on when you're looking at the Sand Hills region of NC. That's why I'm so excited to be joining the Carolinas Golf Association, not only to grow their reach and influence, but hopefully you as LITC listeners will benefit too and are excited about what's to come. Now today we have a really interesting guest on the show, but you won't find his name on any golf trophies, but his service to our country cannot be overstated. 
Since last week was July 4th, and on the PGA Tour we had a military tribute at the Greenbrier, I asked a close friend and family member to come on the show and talk a little bit about his experience and what a military tribute tournament means to the servicemen and women of our country. Now, Drew Cleek is a captain and special forces team leader in the Army. Not only that, but he lives on Pinehurst Number 5 Golf Course in Pinehurst, North Carolina. So he's quite familiar with the game. As a matter of fact, Drew and I played a few holes at Pine Needles for my first week here, and we also played his little backyard loop out on Pinehurst Number 5. I'd like you to welcome with me Captain Cleek to Leader in the Clubhouse. Thanks for joining me, Drew. Hey, what's going on, Jackson? Not a whole lot. So I brought you on today because obviously it's a big week for both the military and golf. And the Greenbrier, formerly known as the Greenbrier Classic, has merged those two things with what they're calling a military tribute at the Greenbrier. So that's why we brought you on today. We thought you would be a good guest, uh, considering you're, you're both family and in the military. So tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are as both um, a, a family man and a military officer. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your role? Yeah, I guess... Uh military professional and golf enthusiast would be a good <laughs> would be a, a good hand wave of some of the things that I love no uh, man I'm super blessed like you said I, I get to live in a beautiful part of the country here in Pinehurst as well as serve my country so that's really cool and then just uh, having a beautiful wife and three kids that <clears throat> really respect what I do and I'm gone a lot, but when I'm home, my wife has still got the patience to allow me to go out there and swing clubs every once in a while. Uh, not as much as I would like, but um, it is a, it is a blessing to be able to get out there, even though I have a four two and new uh, sitting at home. So, and I I'm starting to get new clubs and get my son into it as well, which is cool. Very cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your golf specific background? How much did you play growing up? And kind of how how important was that to you and your development, both personally and how have you taken that into the professional realm? So funny story and how I got into golf. Um, so my grandmother um, is a very salt of the earth type woman, uh, grew up. Um, my grandfather and her only had like eighth grade educations and she worked through the Great Depression and and just grew up uh, really poor and kind of like pulled herself up, her and my grandfather, and now they've owned multiple rental houses and have something for themselves. But when I was, I guess, in fourth grade, um, she noticed that, or I guess she, she had noticed that people in life that had gone places all knew how to play golf. And she knew nothing about golf, but she felt that her grandchildren needed to get golf lessons. So um, she took us out to the Arnold Engineering Air Force Base um, golf course, which is a little nine-hole course in Tullahoma, Tennessee. And she got us lessons every summer from like fourth through seventh grade and bought, us my, bought me my first set of golf clubs. And so just a really funny thing because she's uh, she knew nothing about golf, but she knew that there was – she told me that, that people that were successful and businessmen, they played golf. And so it was kind of a roundabout way. She, she saw that as being kind of a, a catalyst or a bridge over to being a successful person. She wanted her grandkids to be successful. And so that's how, how it started at a young age. 
and she was right, right? I mean, yeah. uh, golf, there's so much that you can take from the game of golf into the, I don't want to say, but game of life, obviously. There's so many lessons that carry over from the golf course that also carry over into life. So maybe you can kind of tell us, you know, obviously golf is huge here in the Sand Hills area. And we're in proximity to, uh, close proximity to Fort Bragg, which is where you work, correct? Yeah, that is. That's correct. So I'm, I'm assuming there probably has to be a lot of folks, a lot of military folks coming here to enjoy the game. Um, is, is that a thing? I mean, is, how big is golf amongst the, the, the people at, the, at Fort Bragg, the servicemen and women at Fort Bragg? Um, man, it just, it, it's kind of, uh, one of those things where you'll find some people that are in your, your community or your, uh, where you're doing your, your business and your training, maybe you're in your unit. Um, and some of it's, it's without fail. There'll be a couple people that'll be like, Hey, yeah, I play golf. Hey, yeah, I play golf. And then you'll get threesomes some foursomes going. And I, for several years had, um, kind of the same three and four guys that I played with. And then those guys ended up basically what we call PCSing, but they moved off and three or four new guys came in and I had three or four new playing partners. And so, uh, definitely having the, the availability with all the courses around and we have some great ones, um, Pinehurst, obviously with the resort and stuff, but I mean, we got to play pine needles and we've gotten to play legacy and, some of these courses, especially the ones that offer military discounts, and there's a lot of them that are extremely supportive of the soldiers in the area. And man, that's that's killer. Like when you get to just go out there and you have fun, and you have three or four buddies, and usually there's a couple guys from the office that don't really play. They like to go out and have a beer. They like to enjoy the social aspects of golf, and they'll get out there and swing it. And it's always just a fun thing. Um, and I think that just being in the with Pinehurst being here, Fort Bragg being closed, I think there's a lot of people that probably weren't golfers, but they kind of got their start here. You know what I mean? Makes sense. So kind of getting away, I guess, from the Pinehurst area, I'm kind of curious to know, um, I don't know how much it is a thing here, but you hear about, um, I've personally heard about foreign uh, army bases, military bases, having golf courses. Is that is that really a common thing? Yeah, it is. I mean, you got you got courses uh, in Germany and Korea and places like that, and and I haven't got to play those. Um, I guess for for me, I, I have done what we call TDY, which is like training, and I've gone to train different training locations. Like I went out to Arizona um, for what we call Halo School, which is a high altitude, low opening school where we jump out of airplanes and stuff, but the, the great part about that and the most exciting part about that uh, whole trip was that the weekends were free. And so I got to take my golf bag out. I got to go to Scottsdale. I got to play a lot of different courses out there. I got to go to San Diego because um, the course was um, was in Yuma, Arizona. So there's close proximity. So as far as getting to play some different cool places based on um, being gone with the military and travel, yeah, I've got to do that. Um in fact, I had some people send me a couple golf clubs while I was in Afghanistan, and we would uh, we would sit on the so we have Hesco barriers, which are just essentially big dirt walls around the base. And I had uh, I think I had like a three iron, a seven iron, um, and we would sit there and we had a, a bag of balls, and we would just hit them. And it's funny, like the the kids that were, that lived in the village would see us hit the balls. They'd run and go grab the balls, and they'd pick them all up and bring them back, and then we would give them candy. 
um, for going to be able to pick up the balls because obviously we can't just like leave leave the gate just to go pick up golf balls. There has to be actual purpose and a mission. But uh, that was that was a pretty cool experience that I, I think I got to have and will always get to remember. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that was a good one that I'll tell you what, and the craziest thing about that, um, I mean, it was probably 90 degrees and kids are running out chasing golf balls for little pieces of candy and stuff. And it just makes you appreciate what we have because I mean, that's like to, to ask kids in the United States to go race and chase golf balls for candy, they would look at you like you were crazy, but those kids were not only wanting to do it, but happy. It was fun for them. And so, um, it was just a good interaction with them. Um, it was all goodwill and the kids, they were always wanting candy and things that soldiers would provide for them. So that was really cool. But as far as really, that's the only like international golf play I have. Um, my wife, strangely enough, doesn't care anything really about golf, but has been to St. Andrews. So I don't know how this works out in this weird way of life, but she's been to, <laughs> to, to really like almost golf's Mecca and she brought me back a hat. So I, I got to appreciate her for that. But I mean, how did she get to go there? Not me. It's just a weird scheduling, I guess. Obviously this week we had the military tribute at Greenbrier and it's appropriately named because there is a rich military history at the Greenbrier. Um, the resorts hosted 27 U.S. presidents. During the Civil War, the Old White Hotel, where the Greenbrier now sits, was used as a hospital for both Confederate and Union soldiers at one point. Uh, the Army bought the hotel during WW2 and used used it as a hospital for wounded. And the spa and course stayed open kind of as a means for rehab, uh, rehabilitation for the wounded soldiers. Um couple other things that are fun facts uh general dwight eisenhower at the time was one of the military members treated there and he loved it so much that he and his wife later celebrated their 29th wedding anniversary there and eventually eisenhower decided to build a secret facility to house congress in case of a nuclear attack it was called project greek island and i think it was uh a pretty big secret for like 30 years until the Washington Post uncovered it. And people were told, employees, I guess, were told that it was a conference room. But um, they they must have been scratching their heads when they were trying to figure out why there were three feet cement walls um, at the conference room. So, of course, uh, this week, uh, if you were paying attention to the news happening from the Greenbrier, President Trump stayed there this week. And he spoke at the Salute to Service dinner on Tuesday night. So, rich history there. Uh, one other interesting thing, of course, is that this is the last year that the Greenbrier will be held the week of July 4th. It's been, it's been the last couple years, and obviously that had contributed somewhat to it being called a military tribute to uh, a military tribute at the Greenbrier. I keep wanting to say to the Greenbrier, but like, you wouldn't have a military tribute to the Greenbrier. Um, uh, but they, they're moving, actually. They announced this week that they're going to be moving to the fall portion of the PGA Tour schedule. They're going to be moving that event to the very first spot in the wraparound season. So uh, that's pretty cool news. I think they're pretty excited about it. Uh, it's going to kick off the fall portion of the PGA Tour and that's a time that generally doesn't get a lot of attention from some of these bigger name pros. They're generally taking time off after the FedEx Cup. Um, one 
downfall, I guess, is that it's going to be competing with the NFL and college football. So we'll see how that goes, but definitely excited about that. That's that's cool news. Um, so I wanted to get your take on this, Drew, because you have a, an interesting background. You're both in the military and you're a golf fan. So what did you think about the rebranding of the Greenbrier Classic to a military tribute at the Greenbrier? Did you have any thoughts about it? It's really cool, man. Like, I just got recently back um, from a deployment and working with a lot of different um, European countries. And one thing that I noticed that they said was that our our public support is just so widespread. Um, and in fact, some of the um, some of the guys that I worked with from the UK actually came down here and did an exercise. And they were in a store in their uniforms, and people came up to them and said, "Thank you for your service." And they were. They, I mean, they they couldn't believe it. They they came. This was the first time I've ever been thanked for my like for being in the military. Like that's that's unbelievable. And I, and we take it for granted. I, I think a lot of us, especially the soldiers that have come in after um, the G during the GY, the global war on terrorism, and after nine eleven, we just just think that the, hey man, it's always been that way. But really, um, there was some dark times where guys that had paid a really heavy sacrifice in Vietnam and. And some of these other wars that they just didn't have the recognition. So it's really cool to be able to see um, the, the support and the just being able to have that community and have that um, that national pride. Honestly, it's it's really moving. It makes it easy to go to work every day and it makes it easy to be a soldier. Um, and even though we sacrifice a lot to get the recognition and to um, see things like the Greenbrier uh basically rebranding to a military tribute, man, it really makes you kind of swell up a pride and you're like, man, I really like what I do. I feel like I'm serving for an altruistic reason, like a, a serving a greater purpose than just myself. So um, it's, it's not overlooked by any means. You know, obviously the military um, has an important presence at most, if not all professional golf tournaments and sporting events. Um, mm -hmm. So you've already said how important it is. Uh, to be recognized uh, in that way. But obviously there's some controversy swirling specifically, I'll say around the NFL and, and their, and their decisions to kneel uh, during the national anthem. Is there, is that something that y'all have discussed in, in your groups? Is it something that, that you can say there's an overall general feeling about it or is it kind of, um, you know, varies by from person to person still? Um, I think I think there's a um, there's varying opinions, and I mean, without a doubt, um, I feel like that the, the cool thing about the military is you have a, truly a melting pot. I mean, from socioeconomic backgrounds to gender or race. I mean, you come in the military and you you really have just a, a mashup of everything, and so with that, you have. Uh, just so much different experience and life experience and differing opinions and stuff. And so I don't think that there's any like one, just like hard line of like, this is what we believe. And I, I don't think it's the way in the NFL either. I think that there's, there's guys that support their teammates and they support their brothers and they, and they really feel like, you know what, some of these guys have been raised in cultures that are just, I mean, they, they have negative, negative past and negative history with authoritarian, um, with authoritative police and, and things like that. But as, as a military member, I mean, man, I'm always going to stand up during the pledge 
I'm always going to stand up during the national anthem. Those are just things that, that I personally carry with me. Now, I wouldn't want to force or to um, push anybody else, my beliefs on anybody else. But for me, I just know that the people that have come before me have sacrificed so much. And it's one of those things where I feel like to honor those guys, to honor those men and women that were um, that were in World War II, World War One, and even before that, and then even after that. I mean, even some of my friends that have been killed in action, like, I mean, they they truly died for um, for the liberties and the the freedoms that we have. And I understand that there there are places and there are parts of this country that there is just there's desperate need of some change. Um, but at the same time, I think that the flag stands for something a little bit bigger. And so for me personally, I'm always a, a person that's going to stand. Um, but I, I have no ill will or any feelings towards anybody that feels like, you know what, it's their place that they should kneel to, um, to stand up for what they feel is right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that is the best um, response or description or opinion that I have heard on the topic. It, it means a lot coming from you, but I mean, it just, it makes uh, a lot of sense. And no, it's a, it's a good question, man. We, there's just, I think that one thing that's great about sports, whether it's golf, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, is that it really does put like a human face on problems, like problems that we have across the country that, I mean, whether you're watching Fox news or CNN, like they're, there's obviously like biases and there's obviously slants and stuff, but so many times they, they try to throw statistical data at you and they try to push one way or the other, your opinion. Oh, well, if you believe this way, you're right. And if you believe this way, well, then you're completely wrong. And there's just, it's not, it's not how things are. I mean, I think that the great thing about sports is it gives people an opportunity to put a, like a face with a problem to put a story in a past with an issue. And I think that that's, I think that that's what the NFL is dealing with. I think that's what a lot of sports are dealing with is that people are now seeing people that have come from these pasts and you have to empathize with them. I mean, truly, like you can't say, well, I know what it's like to, to live in that part of the country or in that grow up in that certain socioeconomic background, because I honestly don't. And I only have what I have as far as morals and beliefs and values and stuff like that. But I can't be the person that says that you have to believe that same way. Before we wrap things up, there are there's a question that I ask every person that I've interviewed for the show. True or false, the game of golf is a lot like the game of life. And your opinion on it, true or false, and why? Um, true. Because I'm not good at either of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely have to say true. And I, I really think that a lot of it is based on just like golf and just like in life, like you think you have it all figured out, right? Like at one moment you're like, you're like, man, my short game is really playing well. I, I, I know how to read the greens. Well, I have good, like a ball striking. Well, everything's figured out just like in life where you feel like you have the right car, the right job, the right family. Like, and then there's just something that happens right when you think that you have all the confidence in the world, there's some glitch in your swing. There's some mental hiccup that you have. Maybe there's some kind of um, shank that comes into uh, your backswing. I don't know, but and it is just like in life. I feel like there's so many times where I feel like I'm really winning. I'm doing life well. And then all of a sudden it just kind of like gets upside down on you. And so for me, like, I just, I mean, 
as a person of faith, like I'm always like praying that like God just like kind of keeps me humble because the same way in golf, as soon as I feel like I'm just, um, I'm doing really well, like it, it's without fail, man. I just, I go out there and I mean, you were with me uh, the other day when I got stuck in the sand trap and I just was whiffing. I, I mean, I, it took me a couple times to get out of the sand and it was just a bad hole. But, and then the rest of the, I mean, the other, I mean, the other, holes that we played I felt like I did fine I didn't do more than a than a bogey that one hole just ate me alive and so it's just like that you'll have that one hole and I just think that it's really important that like golf like life you just can't be focused on your your one hole or your bad mistake or your um maybe your uh your one outing you have to focus on the big picture and the whole body of work and I think that that's how golf is very relatable to life in a lot of different ways. Great answer. Yeah, completely agree. It's it's the bigger picture. It's not that one hole. Um, did we have a great time? Yes. Did you have one hiccup on the first hole? Yeah, but <laughs> we got by it. We got through it and uh, had a great day. So, I mean, that's just like life. Obviously, um, things are going to happen and you just have to look at the big picture. And I really like that answer. That was great, man. Well, Thanks so much for being on the show. We had a few technical snafus, but yep, overall, great show, and I really appreciate appreciate you being on. No, Jackson, man, it, it was fun. I, I'm really excited to to have you in the area, man. Hope we get to hit the ball a little bit more. I hope so too. Well, thanks again for being on, and uh, we'll have you back on sometime. All right, sounds good, man. I'd love to. All right, thanks, Drew. All right, thanks, Jackson. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Lock Laces. When I play golf, I really prefer to walk the course, so obviously keeping my feet comfortable is very important, but I was constantly getting blisters or just really worn out before 18 holes were done. So a friend of mine told me about this one small device that ended up making a world of difference for my golf game, and that was Lock Laces. So Lock Laces are a no-tie elastic shoelace, and what you do is you replace your old traditional cotton shoelaces that usually end up breaking mid-round from constantly trying to over-tighten them, and you put on a pair of Lock Laces. It's easy to do, and once they're on, you never have to worry about your feet slipping. You don't have to worry about over-tightening. You get the perfect fit, the way your shoes were meant to feel, just kind of hugging your foot. So luckily for our listeners, they're offering 30% off purchases at locklaces.com when you use the promo code CLUBHOUSE. You can buy one, or they have value packs of three or five. You can choose from a variety of colors. They're really great for little kids. They're great also for seniors who would otherwise have issues getting their shoes on and off. And of course, they're great for any athlete. They're really great for anyone. I use them on my tennis shoes now. I don't just use them for my golf shoes. So head on over to locklaces.com. Use the promo code clubhouse. When you use the promo code clubhouse, not only will you save 30% on your purchase, but you'll also be letting them know where you heard about them from. You heard about them from our show and you'll be supporting our show. So it's a win-win. You can support the show, save some dough and give your feet the best possible fit you can experience. That's locklaces.com and promo code clubhouse. Well, once again, a huge shout out to Captain Cleek for being on the Leader in the Clubhouse. And of course, a huge thanks to all of those who have served and are currently serving our country in all branches of the military. They are the reason we are able to enjoy the freedoms we have today, like playing and watching golf or listening to this podcast. So if you have any family or friends or anyone that you know that has served or is currently serving in the military, then I would ask you to reach out and just say thanks. Don't wait for the next federal holiday. Just go out today, say thanks. Of course, I want to say congrats. Huge shout out to Kevin Na on his victory at a military tribute at the Greenbrier. We didn't spend a lot of time today talking about the event, but he ran over the field at Old White TPC. 
It was his first victory in seven years and only his second career PGA Tour victory, which is pretty hard to believe for a golfer of his skill level. But that goes just to show you how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour. It also goes to show you just how big of a feat it is to win two tournaments in a single season, or even three like Bubba Watson has done this year. And he even gave him a scare on Sunday at the Greenbrier this year again. So, lastly, I want to give another big shout out to see young Kim for her amazing performance at the Thornberry Creek LPGA Classic. Kim shattered the all-time 72-hole scoring record with a total of 31 under par. Of course, this week we have the John Deere Classic coming up on the PGA Tour with Bryson DeChambeau as the defending champion. On the Scottish Open, we have defending champ Rafa Cabrera Bayo. And on the LPGA Tour, we have the Marathon Classic defending champion in Kyung Kim. So for Drew Cleek, this is Jackson Sven saying thank you again so much for listening to the Leader in the Clubhouse. Please remember to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at Clubhouse Cast or Leader in the Clubhouse. But until next week, golf happy.